so yeah, I think. I don't know what I think. I don't. I don't know what I think. <laughs> um. Oh, I had a thought. My brain was going somewhere. Um, I, honestly, I I had a thought too early on, and now I lost it too. <laughs> the Grinch must have stolen it. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Are you nostalgic, a parent, or perhaps a child at heart? When it comes to children's media, from books to TV shows, and even movies, there's often more than meets the eye. Is it well written? Does it still hold up today? What works and what doesn't? Or maybe you wonder what went on behind the scenes of that work. Together, a trio of adults who are also kids at heart, will critique and comment on one piece of children's media each episode. Hello, this is Eric. Hi, I'm PJ. And I'm Rico. You're listening to Beyond the Lens, a family-friendly podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Beyond the Lens. This is Eric. I am here with Rico and PJ, and today we are going to be uh, discussing my favorite Christmas special, which is The Year Without a Santa Claus. Um, Are you two both familiar with what this special is? Well, once again, I had apparently a lame childhood because I hadn't even heard of this Christmas special until... You guys mentioned it two weeks ago, um, but I did have time to watch it a little bit this week and do a little research on it. So I'm, I hope I'm up to speed on everything. Yeah, I, I have heard of it, but I haven't watched it that often. Uh, I rewatched it, of course, to get prepared for this podcast, and and yeah, it's really interesting. So, um, what I really enjoy about this special is it takes the stop motion to a whole nother level with the storytelling that Rankin-Bass does. So, Rankin-Bass Productions started when Arthur Rankin Jr. and Jules Bass came together to create the classic Christmas special in 1964, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, And everyone knows and loves Rudolph, and Rankin-Bass... Rankin and Bass and their composer, Maury Laws, who does a lot of the music compositions for a lot of their specials, proceeded to go forward over the next, you know, 20 years or so and create so many animated specials from Easter to Christmas to um, to adapting some of the Lord of the Rings books. You name it, they've, they've done it. They've touched it. Uh, some of the things are in t- uh, 2D animation. Some of them are stop motion. They've done so many different things. Um, So this special premiered on December 10th, 1974 on the ABC television network. The plot of the story is Santa Claus is not feeling too well at Christmas time and proceeds to say, you know what? There's not a whole lot of Christmas spirit left in the world. I don't feel like it's necessary for me to go out into the world and deliver these gifts this year. I'm taking a vacation. Um, side note, I think that is stupid because he has off most of the year, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so then <laughs> his, so then his wife, Mrs. Claus says, no, we're going to try to see if there's some Christmas cheer left in the world to try to reconvince Santa. Like, yes, he, you should go out. There are people here that still believe in you and still believe in what the Christmas spirit is. Um, So she sends two of their elves, Jingle Bells and Jangle Bells, out into Southtown, and they try to get some Christmas spirit. And throughout the course of the plot, all sorts of craziness happens. They need to convince um, the mayor uh, to let the reindeer out of the, the dog kennel because the dog catcher captures the reindeer thinking it's a dog. And there's just all sorts of little things that happen throughout there, and one thing leads to another. Um, so he said, if you can convince me that you'll convince me to 
release the reindeer and I'll get we'll give Santa an official holiday and vacation if you can make it snow in Southtown because that's something that's near impossible. So Mrs. Claus, Jingle and Jangle Bells, and one of the uh, children of the town, Ignatius Thistlewhite, um, because that's a name, uh, <laughs> they proceed to go to the person that controls the cold weather known as Snow Miser. And Snow Miser says, well, you have to go to my stepbrother, Heat Miser, and convince him to give me control of that area because he has control of Southtown, which is why it's so hot. Um so throughout the course of the special, all sorts of crazy shenanigans happen. Mother Nature shows up. Um, they give Santa an official holiday. And Santa says, you know what? You're right. There's still joy and happiness left in the world. And he gets things together before Christmas and delivers the gifts as usual. So it's a whole big thing about trying to find the Christmas spirit and what the Christmas spirit actually means. And getting along and happiness and being with family and everything. Um do, 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 do. What else? Um, so this is actually based on a book by Phyllis McGinney. Mag- excuse me, McGinley. I have never read the book. I am interested in reading the book and seeing how it compares. Rankin Bass have this thing for expanding plot points. So, you know, for an example, going back to Rudolph, Rudolph is about a two-minute song. And they said, well, how do we expand a two-minute song into a 50-minute television special? So this is something they've been doing for the previous 10 years and figuring out, like, how is this going to work and how do we do this? So I'm interested to see what the process is with how short or long the book is and what plot points were pulled and what was changed for the adaptation for television and all that stuff. Um, This special features several wonderful songs. Um... Most notably are two songs that come from other artists, one of them being Blue Christmas, which is an Elvis song. It's a, I mean, every, other people have sung it, but Elvis is most known for it. Um, and then the other is uh, Here Comes Santa Claus. So that's like one of the big finale numbers of Santa Claus comes into mm-hmm. the town and says, here comes Santa Claus, here comes. So what's interesting about the Blue Christmas is Santa wakes up after the world has officially given him the day off and he's wandering around and checking and everyone's just kind of chill and the reindeer are sleeping and everything. And he gets a letter from this little girl and the little girl sings blue Christmas in the letter and draws like out the tree and everything. And it's like, she's going to be so upset that she's not going to get to see him this year. And, uh, and it's sung so sweetly. And that was my first time I had experienced the song Blue Christmas was this little, like, it was almost like a lullaby. And I said, oh my gosh, this is so nice. And then I heard Elvis's version and said, what is this? And then I've heard other people's versions. And I'm like, do you not understand what this song, what this song means? What the, the, the message behind it? Like, it's not, people treat it so like stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys prefer a warm Christmas or a cold Christmas? Oh, I prefer a cold Christmas only because I like the snow for Christmas. That's the only time I actually like snow. Can you repeat the... <laughs> yeah, I can repeat. Um, yeah. do, you, do you prefer a hot Christmas or a cold Christmas? Uh, I definitely prefer a cold Christmas. Um, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, so it pretty much snows regularly around this time of year. And it's always been cold, and I've always enjoyed it. It's like a tradition to me. Uh, So, yeah, I like it when it's actually really cold. My biggest issue with me right now is I have lived in Florida for so long that I've gotten so used to, like, the gross hot Christmas. I prefer – I would – love to spend Christmas in the snow for like that day. The biggest issue with the snow is that it is such a hassle to take care of things. So if I was going up and staying at like a friend's house or a hotel up North and saying, wow, this is so nice. And I don't have to like salt the pipes or, you know, shovel the driveway or anything like that. If I had to live in it, I think I'd cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That reminds me. There was, uh, 
a few Christmases ago, I went to visit my sister and her family, and they lived down in Houston, Texas, so it is obviously pretty warm there at that time of year. I forget if it was Christmas Eve or if it was sometime before then, I ended up swimming in their pool. And then after Christmas, like the day after, we took a trip down to Yalveston where they had this, I forget where it is or what it's called, they had this special place where you could go indoors and experience cold and snow and ice. And I guess the reason why is because of my nieces. They obviously aren't as familiar with snow and stuff. So they wanted to go see it. And there was a huge line. That's a huge thing in Florida, too, is to go and experience the cold Christmas, like, recreation. Um, back by my parents' place when we were growing up, um, they would do a winter village and do cover, do to, like, an ice skating rink and s- tubing down the slides and everything like that. And I know that they do... In Orlando, they have the Gaylord Palms does their ice event every year. Um, so you pay the money, you go in, you see all the snow, you see the ice sculptures and everything like that. And then they have the same thing. They have like tubing and that kind of stuff that you can do. They sometimes do character meet and greets depending on what it is. Then you have other events where you have Disney World does the, we call it Snope because it's, snowing on main street and various places but it's soap um (laughs) because can't really produce snow very well in uh in florida because it will melt in the air um so disney does their own little thing of like recreating christmas and they decorate all over the parks and everything um it it still doesn't feel like a cold christmas as hard as they try to make it feel like classic and cold it does does never never get that far sea world recently has attempted to and bush gardens and that company have attempted to do recreations of colder christmases with stuff like bringing in the rudolph characters and recreating those sets and everything but even still like even with fans it's it's still muggy and gross (laughs) you you can dress something up you can you can try your best but it is it is still humid and sticky and bleh So the two reindeer that are featured in the special are Dasher, who Santa rides in on, and Vixen, who is a little baby town reindeer that takes the two elves into the town. Um, Vixen is the one that gets kidnapped by the uh, by the dog, uh, by the, 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 not the dog napper, the dog catcher. Yes, that one. <laughs> I was like the SPCA, that thing. And I was like, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um. Throughout your years growing up um, and the various Christmas specials you watched, did you guys have a favorite reindeer that you enjoyed seeing in specials or reindeer representation? Um, I didn't really have a favorite. I thought they were all pretty cool. I mean, for me, I'd probably just say Rudolph because obviously he's like the big one, especially with the very first special that was produced absolutely i think going back and seeing which one makes me laugh the most i love rudolph and rudolph's always gonna hold a special place in my heart but i think the one that makes me laugh the most is comet and the rudolph special because he when he when rudolph's nose lights up and he comes over and he does the eye roll and goes it's like the best thing in the entire (laughs) special (laughs) and people have made just over it and it's great and it's so funny um, so Heat Miser and Snow Miser have proven to be two of the most popular Christmas characters ever created for any animated special. Normally when people hear Rankin Bass or they see the stop motion animation, these are two of the characters that in the top like three that they immediately think of first. Um, they are voiced, Snow Miser is voiced by Dick Sean and Heat Miser is voiced by George S. Irving. Both of them are um are very big broadway performers they've done movies they've done all sorts of things um this is what was great about rank and bass specials is that they could get 
these really solid voice actors to come in and do these productions. What was really interesting is that they knew, the performers knew that they'd be taken care of as they came in to do these recording sessions. They made sure that the songs were in a comfortable key for them that would make them sound good singing it. They would make sure that, you know, they were fed properly and all that kind of stuff. So anytime Rankin Bass said, hey, we're going to do another special, would you like to come back for this? They said, absolutely, we're going to come back. Um, One that's notably uh, missing from this, as far as I can remember, is um, Paul Freeze. Paul Freeze usually does, he's done almost all of the Rankin Bass specials. He is also the voice of the ghost host in Haunted Mansion. Um, he's done a ton of different projects. Um, so, yeah, he would be one that would always come back for all of these specials. Um, so, anyway, going back to Heat Miser and Snow Miser. So, they have basically the same exact song in the special. Snow Miser sings about how he always wants things freezing cold and the beat and the tune are shifted slightly but the and the words are completely changed for when heat miser comes out and sings this song so it's like this big production number they all go up to each of their castles and they open it up and it's like this big like welcome to my home song and mrs claus just looks so uncomfortable the entire time she's like can we can we can i can i just can i just talk can i can you just stop please you, you don't need to do this every time like sit sit down sit down so by the time she gets to heat miser she's like Ugh. I don't want to do this again. Can we just leave? <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys usually do to keep yourselves in the Christmas spirit if you're not really feeling up to it? I mean, for me, it it, it probably is uh, listening to Christmas music and Christmas songs. Yeah, I would have to say the same thing. I love Christmas music. and every t- It doesn't matter what time of the year it is. Every time I listen to a Christmas song, I'm almost immediately in the Christmas spirit. It's interesting that Christmas music or that music really of any variety can do that to somebody, make you feel a certain way. I, it's interesting to watch people's reactions to certain Christmas songs because sometimes people just don't like Christmas music. And I'm just like, why? Why don't you like Christmas music? This makes How? me so upset. <laughs> I'll never understand well one person i i met uh back in high school who said they didn't like christmas music you're not gonna believe what the reason was it was because it was too happy the issue too was that it has to balance out i mean not all christmas songs are happy it has to balance out with what happens the rest of the year this year is just so this Christmas time is very forced happiness. And if people just kept this positivity throughout the year, it wouldn't feel as like sweet and candy, minty and all that stuff as you're as you get to the Christmas season. It wouldn't feel so fabricated as it does to certain people. And I think if people had that positivity and that high energy throughout the year, it wouldn't seem as awkward and out of place to them. I would say for me, definitely Christmas music. Yes, absolutely. I think watching all of these different Christmas specials, we were actually, before filming this, we were watching um, the uh, stop motion Elf Buddies musical adventure because I hadn't seen that yet. And I said, well, let's pop that in. And that one is surprisingly very well done because it uses the music from the musical. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a new Christmas thing that I'm going to watch every single year. So it's really nice to be able to see the different specials and how they come out and everything. Um, Yeah, like one thing I've always appreciated is stop motion because it's so rigorous and hard to do. And like if you mess up like during a scene, you have to do like half the scene or the whole scene over again. And it's so... So difficult, and I always appreciate people who do stop motion. And uh, this this film was a, like one of the prime examples of how well stop motion can be, and I I just really appreciated that. What I love about stop motion is you can definitely point out some of the mistakes and the errors as you're watching it, but that's also part of the experience. That's not why you're watching it. 
you know that there's t- that it takes so much time to do this and i'm more oh, willing yeah, to yeah. i'm more willing to forgive something for stop motion as long as it's a good story versus something that's like cg and terribly animated in cg and and then on top of that a terrible story like that's that's unforgivable to me <laughs> yeah um So with a lot of these specials, I believe Rudolph, when they were filming it, and I think they just kept this throughout the process of all of the Rankin-Bass specials, they had 20? Rudolph. Rudolph had 22. Rudolph had 22 sound stages where they filmed the special. Because they were filming simultaneously. They were doing, they said, you're going to do this scene, you're going to do this scene, you're going to do this scene. So they were able to rapidly pop this special and put, edit it together and be done. Hmm. Which was hella intense. Like, to be honest, watching, thinking about 22 sound stages making the same project at the same time, that is a lot of work. So hmm. I th- I think that's something that they kept going with throughout the rest of the series of videos that they've done in the specials is to be able to produce these things in the time constraints that they had. They would have to do these multiple scenes and multiple shootings at the same time, which like for me, I'm generally a very patient person. However, I feel like that's so time consuming and I don't think my I don't think I would have the patience to sit there and just do the little, you know, picture by picture mo- motions. I don't know if my brain could handle that. <laughs> Definitely couldn't handle that either. Like just watching, or like I've done stop motion before, and I like stopped halfway through because I'm like, I, I can't do it. No, I don't have. I I'm generally a patient person too, but no, I I can't do stop motion. <laughs> Well, and then it makes you appreciate it more when you know how hard it is, too. Exactly. Yeah. Because, and then you see the progression from this time period to something like Nightmare Before Christmas or Coraline, where the stop motion is just so much smoother because they've been able to figure out how to build things differently and how to shoot and angle things very differently in order to make it look as presentable as possible. One random fact is Snow Miser has made several other appearances in various other media, the most prominent being in 1997 in the Batman and Robin movie, which is a whole other discussion topic of how much of a mess that movie was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Mr. Freeze is in that play by Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's trying to get the his minions of snow people I don't even know what they're called um, during a like sing-along rehearsal and it's the Snow Miser song that he's playing and he's like sing and they're like oh, and they're not singing at all um, and then he just kind of <laughs> gives up and walks away um, but I remember as a kid watching Batman and Robin and that was the only scene that I just that really stood out to me. The rest of the movie was kind of like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of crap going down. Um, but because I love the special growing up so much, that was the one scene that stuck out. And I was like, I don't know who that guy is. So Heat Miser and Snow Miser have actually made another appearance in a second special that was more recent. I believe it came out in 2008, which was... Um, the Miser Brothers Christmas. It was animated by Warner Brothers Animation. It was another. It was another stop motion. Uh, I use in the loosest terms possible. Special. There's a distinct difference between what stop motion was for the Rankin Bass specials and what Warner Brothers Animation thinks stop motion is. Because they try to be like edgy and artistic with it, and I'm like, just stop. Like this doesn't even look the same. And then when you blend the stop motion and the computer stuff together, it just doesn't, it doesn't work as well. So what they would do, at least what it looks like to me, what they did is they would do the stop motion and then they would process it through the computer to make it look smoother, but it just looks stupid. 
So that's where I'm at with that special. So the whole thing with that one is um, the, the Miser brothers fight all the time. Um, they don't get along very well. And they think that they accidentally knock Santa's sleigh to the ground. And so somebody has to... So then Santa's physically injured this time and cannot actually deliver presents. So as punishment, they two of the two of them have to work together to kind of take over for Santa and deliver all these gifts to all these kids. Um, another interesting plot point that's brought up in that special is that the two of them have always been on the naughty list because they've been fighting constantly since they were kids. Um, so they've never gotten any presents from Santa. So they're a little bitter about the fact that they have to take over for Santa, who has not delivered presents to them, but because they have to get along and figure out how to maneuver the factory as a pair throughout the special, they learn how to get along and everything goes great. Um, the, there's a whole slew of new characters that are introduced because mother nature is their, is their mother. And there's a whole slew of other characters that take care of other elements in that special. Um, the North wind, uh, being the primary villain type character of that one who's choice, who actually wants to take over for Santa. Hit or miss with the plot points for the special. Um, <laughs> but they do bring back that song, the Heat Miser and Snow Miser song, and they sing it together and they go back and forth with it. Um, they have some new songs. They're not as good. They tried. They tried. What was great about that special, though, is it took place, you know, 40 years, 30, 30 40 years after the original special. 74, 84, 94, 2000. Yeah, about 30 years after the original special, but they were still able to get back George Irving to do the voice of Heat Miser and Mickey Rooney to come back to do the voice of Santa. Mickey Rooney has played Santa in a multitude of specials for Rankin Bass and loved every minute of it. He's so, so wonderful. Mickey Rooney, as you know, um, you know, was a big movie star as a kid. He dated Judy Garland for a little bit and did a whole bunch of movies. Um, I think the other movie that he's, most like himself in his peach dragon he is just this crazy fun guy and and night at the museum he was a crazy old man at night at the museum and i'm like yep that's definitely mickey rooney one of the biggest plot points in this is the fact that the kids don't believe in santa claus um and i think that is a that it continues to remain a huge topic of what is the spirit of christmas and what is how does one keep the idea of Santa Claus alive in the hearts of everyone, adults and children and everyone? Um, is there a personal memory that both of you have that sticks out to kind of keep the Christmas spirit alive currently for you? For me personally, um, I've never missed a Christmas with my grandparents. So I usually leave like halfway through, this, through December to go visit them and spend time with them and uh that always brings back the christmas spirit for me because their house is all decorated it looks like a winter wonderland it's great i get to see all my cousins because i have a lot of family that live um around the area uh near them so it's it's definitely one of my favorite memories that i look forward to every single year i really like that because i think christmas christmas time is really pushed with you know, spending time with your family and those are the, and the people that matter to you in your life. Um, and I know with, with living in Orlando, that's definitely a huge thing because there's so many people that work in the theme park industry. We are, we are working on those days that, you know, those big holidays that people are spending time with their family. So we're assisting the other families to make sure that they have a great time. And then us as the theme park employees in Orlando, all, kind of see each other as our family so we kind of take care of each other during that this time of year we usually do like christmas exchange gift exchanges and do potlucks and that kind of stuff to continue to keep you know us all happy and sane <laughs> generally we all we all know this is a hard time for us to not be able to be with our family some of our families live locally and that's great a lot of these people um are down on internships or from here and up north and other countries coming over here so they don't get to see their family on christmas time so we also want to make it special for them because they're literally hundreds thousands of miles away from their family so that's that's a really important thing what about you rico is there something special that you that sticks out to you personally i mean it's hard to say 
I guess one thing that comes to mind uh, was, I think it was back when I was in high school, my mom went out to do uh, some grocery shopping. I wasn't along on this trip, but she told me what happened. And apparently, when she went to check out her items, after ringing everything up, the cashier was like, here's, here's your original total. And anonymous Santa wanted to uh, help pay for your groceries, so we're taking $50 off of your order. And my mom just got emotional, I guess. Uh, we not exactly one that had a lot of money, but we were blessed for what, what we did get to have. And so that really helped, helped her out around that time of year. I really like when people do that. And that's so, such a sweet thing to do, especially if you do have the extra money to be able to do that to help somebody out. That's so great. Mm-hmm. And that really that really sticks with the, this is the season of giving. This is something that really is the most important thing. Um, my one neighbor didn't like the fact that it, you, you felt like, okay, I gave you a gift. Now you give me a gift. Like it's a gift exchange and not just like here. I enjoy, enjoy, I enjoy you as a person or, you know, you seem like you need some additional help. Let me help you out. And then just like, that's it. Um, so it's nice to know that there are still people out in the world that do that. One of the biggest issues is that people will do that at Starbucks. Like they'll pay for other people's orders and I'm and which is, you know, nice, but also if you're going to Starbucks, you can afford to go to Starbucks. The person doesn't need to be <laughs> one of the things that Starbucks employees say is like, yeah, they can afford their $15 like coffee order. Why don't you give that as a tip to the employees that are struggling to actually survive? That'd be great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's a specific Christmas memory that I, that really sticks out to me that I always think about. I think these Rankin-Bass Christmas specials, every time I hear them and I I hear the music and everything, it really brings me back to a a childhood happy time. Um, Another thing, too, is every year we do, um, so as you guys know, I run a nonprofit called Actors Reaching Out. Every year we do an end-of-year party to kind of celebrate all of the things that we did over the year. Um, I, I, I added together a big montage video of all the different shows and project volunteer projects and everything that we've done, all the traveling that we've done. Um, and we play that during the party, but we know it's, we do it at the end of the year. So it ends up being a mix of that with a Christmas holiday party. So, which is my favorite time of the year because I get to be party planner and I get to plan all the games and everyone always has a wonderful time. Every year we do, um, I try to figure out like, there's some holiday games that are specific to other holidays. And then I'm like, how can I take that and adapt it to the Christmas season? So one of the games that we do is a two part game. We have everyone picks, picks a Christmas song out of a hat. There are two copies of each of the songs. So they have to hum the Christmas carol and find the other person that's also humming that Christmas carol. So it's like a listening game. And then when they find that person, that's their partner for the next game. And their partner and them are each given a roll of toilet paper. So instead of doing, you're creating a mummy game, you're creating a snowman. So they're wrapping everyone up just like they would in the mummy game. And then they have like, I don't know, like two or three minutes total to do that. And like gather random items from around the room and like create their snowman. And then we go around one at a time and each person tries to explain like, this is so-and-so the snowman and this is what they like and what they don't like. They have to like create the snowman character and persona. Last year was hilarious. And every year it's always great. It's always great every year to see what people come up with and like, um, they were talking, <laughs> they, they wrapped them, some of them wrapped them really weird and they had like weird angles on their faces and they're like, oh yeah, this one has a broken jaw. And <laughs> this one, this one felt, they pushed them on the ground and wrapped them up there. And it's like, yeah, this one, uh, 
this one was a we tried very hard to make it a snowman and then we it fell apart because it's hot in florida and it melted halfway through so they'll like get creative with their story so i always enjoy this game at our christmas party every year and it makes me feel so so happy um i also enjoy putting up the christmas tree with christmas music um this year however i broke a christmas ornament it was bound to happen at some point because i've never done that before (sighs) which was very sad but you know here we are. Um, so, yeah, I always think about the Christmas parties and the people that I'm with uh, to get me back into the Christmas spirit if if I'm not already in the Christmas spirit, which is very rare for me. I'm always, by the time Halloween hits, I'm like, I'm over this. We usually, because of the theater stuff, we usually start Halloween at the beginning of August and start prepping for that kind of stuff. So by the time actual Halloween hits, well, and also all the Orlando theme parks start doing their Halloween events in August now. So by the time actual Halloween hits, yeah, oh, it's a mess. Mm -hmm. So yeah, by the time Halloween itself hits, October 31st, we're all just like, let's move on so then christmas rolls around and i'm like let's do this are you are you the people that get angry that thanksgiving seems to be overlooked when it comes to christmas time stuff yes oh definitely (laughs) um because like after halloween it's like people already start obsessing over christmas i'm like there's thanksgiving too that's one of my my favorite holidays and people they just get straight to christmas i'm like no just please appreciate thanksgiving i love thanksgiving i enjoy thanksgiving i just don't think it was very it wasn't a very big thing in our family like we did all the traditional things with like making the food and everything like that and going in and and doing all of that um but like it was never like as the years went on and family members either like passed away or just didn't speak anymore, it just kind of like toned down and it was like, okay, we're going to do this little family thing and that's it. And then once I moved to Orlando, it was just like, I, you know, it's hit or miss if I'm going to see my family on Thanksgiving. So it's just kind of like, I mean, okay. What I also have now realized is like Thanksgiving's only a thing for us in the U S it's not, I mean, Canada has our own version of Thanksgiving. Um, but like, it's not really a thing in Europe or really any other country. So once November 1st rolls around for them, they literally go right into Christmas because there's not really anything else in between other than like the other holiday, the Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all that. Um, So thinking about that kind of stuff where, you know, I have friends that are in the UK and I have friends that are in France right now. And they're like, yeah, there's, it's it's weird to just go from one to the next without having turkey in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I think there are some other countries that celebrate Thanksgiving, but I'm not sure when they do. But it does make sense. Like, you know, most of the world would just go straight from like Halloween to, to Christmas. So I, I get that. But for me, I, I just love Thanksgiving. So I, I need to make time to celebrate that. And then I'll get on to Christmas. For me, it's more so indifferent. If you want to start celebrating Christmas, great. If you want to start thinking about Thanksgiving, also great. I don't care one way or the other. Yeah, and it's also very interesting to see when the specials start playing on TV as well. Because you have usually, usually in the past, they have started playing Christmas specials the day after Thanksgiving. Because Black Friday starts the Christmas, like once Santa comes down from the Macy's parade, like that's the Christmas season start. So then they would start, you know, with all the Rankin Bass specials, would play all day every Saturday. They'd do the special Christmas movies at night. Hallmark started playing Christmas movies before Halloween this year. And I was like, guys, this is excessive. Stop. (laughs) Oh, Hallmark. And they created, like, 34 new movies this year. And I was like, how? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Oh, man. That must be why they started so early, so they could get all 34 in before Christmas. <laughs> uh-huh, because you have to play all the stuff that they've already created, too, on top of that. Oh. That's so, yep, agreed, agreed. Um, but, yeah, I enjoy... Going back to Santa, uh, you're at Santa Claus. It's, 
it's it would be weird to think what would happen if like everyone just decided you know we're gonna skip Christmas this year we're not gonna do it and I don't think that would I don't think that would go over well for stores and merchandise sales because they'd be suffering it wouldn't go well for employment because they would also be suffering because they wouldn't be getting hiring the seasonal positions that they need to handle the merchandise sales um i think it would also suck for the christmas tree industry because <laughs> mm-hmm. no christmas no christmas tree um and i think it would also it just going just on a, a basic human level i think it would be very depressing it's already a very hasty and angry and bitter world out there and this is that one time where everyone can kind of just like take a deep breath and go you know what this is not there's no reason to stress over my life this is everything happens for a reason and you know reflect upon the positive things in your life and what you do actually have and i don't think that i think if if christmas went away we would lose you know, there'd probably be another war. <laughs> We're just going to go all the way. We're going to go depressing. People would die. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's. What, what, is there anything specific if Christmas didn't exist that you would personally miss? I mean, for me, there's always tradition. Just going back every year. And I don't know why. Just going back and doing the same thing every year it, like brings comfort because I know what's going to happen and i expect it to happen it's always nice um i would just miss the the tradition aspect of it you know just looking forward to that certain thing every year and then and it not happening it'd probably feel very weird i'm sure yeah for me i would just go back to the music as well as the specials and movies and everything like like though christmas there wouldn't be any of that Yeah, it creates this whole wonderful atmosphere, and I think the 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 idea of Santa Claus is a fantastic thing. Now, what my mom said was, and this is this is one hundred percent what I believe in too, um, because I know that the subject of Santa Claus gets very very touchy based upon who you talk to, and. These Rankin Bass specials really brought Santa to life in such a way that hadn't really been done before since, like, I'd say Miracle on 34th Street is probably the last time that Santa has been a real prominent in the in the public eye person and had a deep personality and everything. So then, and then I would say, honestly, jumping forward, we have the Santa Claus with Tim Allen that really reinvents what the Santa Claus legend is and how it works and, and the, how it's passed along to the next person to the next person. So one, one of the things that my mom told me as a, as a kid growing up, um, I'd say I was in like middle school at this point. She said, I believe that at one point there was a real person that was Santa. I think that they have, there, there's not really a way that somebody could create this idea. I think it was something that had existed years upon years upon years, in and has been transferred from lead and from person to person. The legend kind of shifts as it continues on, but it's kind of our job as the people of the world to continue what he did. You know, and not. It's hard. It's hard because I, I don't want to get religious with this, but it's like it's kind of like the same thing with people say when they talk about like Jesus. It's like you have to be that good person to have to do those good things. It, it kind of goes into the same thing with Santa. Santa was a gift giver. He he brought happiness to people, and that's kind of what our job is as as human as mankind as humans is to be is to just make sure that we live the happiest life that we possibly can. And I think Santa is a good m- messenger for that and a good driving force to bring up that conversation to people i guess to kind of wrap things up with 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 that and kind of i put the nice little bow on top there's a a quote at the end of santa claus is coming to town 
which is another Rankin Bass Christmas special. Um, Fred Astaire is the narrator, and at the end, this is the only, really, the only Rankin Bass special that does this like wrap up at the end with like it hits you really hard. So the quote is. Um, they show a whole bunch of people that are super, super unhappy at this time of the year. And it's like Scrooge and like people that are like, it's just a chaotic time of the year. And it's like, that's not the point of Christmas. So the quote is poor misguided folks. They missed the whole point. Lots of unhappiness. Well, maybe so, but doesn't Santa take a little bit of unhappiness away? Doesn't the smile on Christmas morning, scratch out a tear, cried on a Saturday. Not much, maybe, but what would happen if we all tried to be like Santa and learn to give as only he can give of ourselves, our talents, our love, and our hearts? Maybe if we could all learn Santa's beautiful lesson, maybe there would finally be peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And I was just like, even as a kid, I was like, this is like really intense, but also it's it's so simple. Like, be the best person you can possibly be. Give the best of yourself and your heart and your love and your talents, and you're going to live a happy life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what Santa did. He, you know, grew up, he loved making toys, and he said, how can I use this to make the world a better place? And he gifted them to people and made them happy. And basically, through, through, the, through these gifts, spread happiness. Anything else you guys want to add to wrap any of this conversation up? I know this went a little off topic with the Earth out of Santa Claus, but I guess it was all relevant to the plot of the mm-hmm. story. I mean, earlier when you were talking about, like, uh, the whole legend thing, uh, mm-hmm. I know my mentor who has a young child who's, like, I think he's three years old now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mentor and... His dad, um, they both decided for several reasons, I guess, to not exactly perpetuate the idea of Santa Claus, like, as it traditionally is. Sort of, like, have it just be, like, Mommy and Daddy Claus. Because of my mentor remembering the reactions of her other older children, who, when they found out the truth as to, as to what happens with Santa... And I guess for me, when it comes to to thinking about, like, I mean, I don't know, like, it's, it seemed like a sense of wonder that other people had around this time of years when they were younger just wouldn't be there, especially when it comes to Christmas. I mean, I'd agree with that 100%. I think it's it's an interesting choice for people to bring up if you know the belief in Santa Claus and and what that is and how how they phrase it and how they transition the kids what their explanations are and everything like that, which is which is why these rank and bass specials were so special because you could just go oh refer back to the rank and bass special and you go what what would happen if Santa um, got sick would he still be able to make it and then my mom or whoever would say well here watch this. Watch this and find out what happens when Santa tried to take a vacation and that kind of stuff. So it really set up this like this wonder and legend of, of these specials. Um, Rankin Bass did a fantastic job at writing that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's kind of going back. It's the same thing with like going to a theme park and meeting a character. There's a se- there's a sense of disbelief. Um, mm-hmm when you go and meet like Cinderella at a theme park or something like that, or Mickey or, you know, whoever, or Santa Claus, even at the mall, like there's, there's a sense of disbelief when you go up there that you just kind of give into no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I think, I I mean, I think all of us still do it. I can tell you when I, (laughs) here, here we go. I can tell you when I did, um, day out with Thomas for the first time, which was more recently. Um, it was in 2015 and I, this was one of the first, one of the first, the first, I don't know, years that they put in the talking Thomases into the trains, into the events. So like I walked up, walked into the event, I went with a couple friends and Thomas started coming up and he was like, it's so good to see everyone today. And I was like, oh my God, this is 
Oh no! So like, even still as an adult, I get stupid excited over the smallest things. I get excited every time you know we see Mickey in the parks. We see all the different characters. Like, I get excited every time this the Christmas music comes on. That's that's part of the the joy of the season is you just kind of lose yourself in the wonder and the magic. Yeah, like um. I remember I was talking with my grandma a couple years ago, and I don't exactly remember the context, but she's like, oh, yeah, PJ, I still believe in Santa Claus. And I'm like, what what are you talking about? It took me a while to understand, but then I I knew what she meant. Like, she still believes in the Christmas spirit. Um, She she still believes in, like, giving gifts and all this other stuff. And, you know, I, I kind of understood, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of the same way, too. So I totally get it. I think it's one of the most wonderful things about Christmas time. Yeah, I think I think there's a difference between, you know, believing in the impossible and the uh, believing in the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, people some sometimes they can cross paths, and sometimes people want to keep them separate, which is totally fine. Just because you don't believe in something doesn't mean you can't still be a genuinely nice person to people, and that's what it really comes down to. The, I, I guess the I, I guess the way to end this um, is people shouldn't just take what the Christmas spirit is during this time of year. They should continue to bring that joy and happiness to people throughout their entire lives. It shouldn't just be like, oh, I was good to people in December and that's all I need to do now and that's checked off on my list. That's not how this works. I need people to realize, you know, you – what you can be a nice person year round that is right in fact you can be a nice person year round and you can give gifts to people if you want to year round and you you don't have to but i always like receiving gifts so if people want to be nice and give me gifts i'm going to take them i will also give random gifts to people like my friends um i I sometimes i'll see something in a store and it doesn't even have to be something big it could be something like i found this thing at dollar tree and it's going to make this person laugh and make their day better you know We've put up videos on YouTube and, and we film silly things and, you know, we have people come in for rehearsals and they're like, I'm not having a good day. And I'm like, watch this. Watch me be stupid. Watch me be stupid. It's like it's like comedians. That's what the, their job is to literally make people happy. And I think if we all find ways to make people happy throughout the year, I think the world's going to be a better place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We really appreciate you tuning in to uh, Beyond the Lens. Make sure you tune in next time uh, <laughs> as we talk about PJ's favorite Christmas special. PJ, what is it? A Charlie Brown Christmas. I've never heard of that character ever. <laughs> I tease. I tease. I love Charlie Brown. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. And we'll see, well, I was going to say we'll see you next time, but we won't. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk at you next time. <laughs> Merry Christmas, yay! (laughs) Thank you for listening to Beyond the Lens. The intro music is Work. That's W E R Q by Kevin McCobb. It is available under a Creative Commons attribution license and can be downloaded for free at incompetech.com. Beyond the Lens is a ReCore Entertainment production. There goes the hair clips. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I was like, I, I, I'm weird. I don't like like fidget cubes, but I always like having something in my hand, and I was playing with hair clips, and then they just <laughs> flew out of my hand. Um, <laughs> oh, same, so. though. <laughs>